Amen. Amen. We, you, have, you have been created to impact the world around you. Welcome. Welcome to Thrive Church. My name is Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this church. I want to welcome all those who are watching with us online in the 715. I'm glad you're connecting with us online, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, ask anybody in this room, it's better in person. So come check us out. I'm excited. I'm excited about what God has in store in this new year. In this new year, I want to announce for all of our members, just a reminder that at the end of this month, uh, on January 29th, January 29th, uh, that will be our vision meeting after the Sunday morning service, and I'll, we'll get you more information. But at, during that event, we're also going to have a chili slash dessert cook-off. And so you might want to start looking through your recipe boxes and see if you can beat the pastor. I doubt it, but see if you can beat the pastor in that, uh, in that activity, part of all part of, that will be part of the voting that takes place uh, at that event. And also tonight is a night of prayer. We are in, engaged in 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are one week in already. And I'm just going to announce this for you right now. If you have not started the 21 days of prayer and fasting and you feel really bad about it, okay? You feel real. We have just changed the name today to 14 days of prayer and fasting. So you can join with us in that. And, uh, and there is a prayer and fasting guide that was in your bulletin. And you just go ahead and you jump in on day number seven and go ahead and join us. I believe God's got great things in store for us. But those things happen when we pray, when we seek God's face. And we said this last week that fasting, fasting is giving up what I really like, like food, dessert, okay? And Netflix, social media, giving up the things that I really like so that I can pursue what I really need. And that's more of Jesus. So can I just pray as we get into this message today in Jesus' name, Lord, we need you. Oh, Lord, that song that we just sang here, that's the cry of my heart today. God, my God, my God, I need you. If that's you this morning, just pray out and say, God, I need you. I need you to show up in my life this year like never before. Oh, God. And I just pray that you would do that all around this room. You hear the prayers of your people, those who are watching online. I pray that you would show up like never before. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. I'm going to talk to you today, and I want to challenge you this morning like no other morning to follow along in your notes today, because what I'm going to give to you is practical, practical application. And I'm going to tell you this right now. My youth pastor trained me in this practical application, and then he challenged me to apply this, uh, this practical application to my life. And I'm telling you, it changed me. When I took the challenge that my youth pastor gave to me, it, cha it changed me. And some of you, you're looking, for, you're looking for an experience. You're looking for a moment. And I believe that that moment can happen every single day if we would, would I, would I say, put ourselves into position for that to happen. 
And so I want to challenge you to follow along today. And again, we're talking about, we're in a sermon series called Impact. And I believe every person in this room, you want to have impact. You want to get better. You want to grow in your faith journey and in your life so that you can impact the world around you. And so that's the word for the year. That word impact, it means to have a strong effect or great influence on someone or something. I think there's a desire within us to make a difference in this world. God has created you to thrive. God has created you to make a difference in this world. And Jesus even points it out to us in Matthew 5, 14 and 16. He says this about you. Just go ahead and point at your neighbor again. I have you do this periodically. Point at your neighbor because Jesus said you. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking about you. Jesus is talking about you. You. Listen to me. You are the light of the world. Well, if you notice that Jesus also points himself out as the light of the world. And I think what he, Jesus is trying to say to us is like, he puts his spirit inside of us. He puts that light inside of us so that we can shine his light into the world around us. Talk about impact. We are created for impact. You have a purpose in this life to impact the world around you. You have been empowered by the spirit of God, both in you and through you to make an impact in this world. And you are positioned each one of you, I'm looking around this room, and each one of you, you live in all different areas in the 715 area code, and God has positioned you in your workplace, in your school, in your relationships, in your neighborhood. God has positioned you for impact, but I want you to get this. This is the nugget in this sermon series. This is the nerve. Our greatest impact is through your give. I just really, throughout this sermon series, I want you to think about that. Your greatest impact is through your gift. All right, let's get into the word today. It all start. I want to talk this morning about this church. Not this, not Thrive Church, but the Acts 2 Church. The very first, the first church that was established because we know that, uh, that Peter, uh, Peter and the disciples, they were baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, and they went out into the city of Jerusalem, and 3,000 people got saved. And so they said, what do we do? The first church was a mega church. And these people said, let's get together, and they started to do some things. And I really want us to focus in on some things that they did, some practical applications that they did that changed the world. It says, all of the believers devoted. Everybody say devoted. devoted. All of the believers. If you're a believer here today, will you raise your hand? I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a believer. All of the believers, all of these people, just like you, just like me, all these people, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is God's word, and to fellowship, life-giving community, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, okay? The first church gave their devotion. Remember, your impact is in your give. And they gave their devotion to God. Devotion is this. Devotion is when you're completely bought in to something and you committed and you, you just go all in. Any Packer fans who are in the house right now, Okay, so, some of you are all in. 
You are all in. You're all in on today's game, and you're like, you're, you're just thinking this is 2010 all over again, okay? And some of you are you're so devoted, you, you would not dare miss a moment of the game. You know why? Because you're a devoted fan. You're a devoted fan, and that means you're all in. Well, that's what these, these early people, these early believers, they were all in. They were new in their faith journey, but something, the Spirit had changed their lives, and they went all in. And I want to talk about three things, three things that they devoted themselves to. And I three things I want to challenge Thrive Church to devote yourself to in this new year. And for some of you, this is going to be a bore because you're already all in. But some of you, you need to hear this word today. I want to be that youth pastor and challenge you with this. And the first thing they devoted, devoted themselves to was prayer. Prayer. Now, prayer is this. It's communicating with God. It is connecting with him in conversation. Now, some people out there are like, man, prayer is, that's just weird. You know, I feel like I'm talking to myself. You ever get, get to that place you have any thoughts like, man, sometimes it's just weird. I, I don't know. Is it, is it legit? I don't know about you. Was there anybody who was watching the Monday night football game this past Monday night? If you, if you watch the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There was an injury, and this player was down, and they, they had to rush out, and they had to do CPR on this guy. It caught everybody's attention, not just the players, not just that stadium, but we're talking all over the nation, all over the world, it caught their attention. And all these announcers, all that they could say was, I ask that you would pray for Damar Hamlin. I, I have nothing to say, but can we just pray right now for Damar Hamlin? Whatever you're, whatever you're doing, pray for, all over the world, pray. Talk to God. Wherever you're at, will you just ask God to intervene in this man's life? So, so sometimes we think it's weird, but then all of a sudden, like, wait, everybody is into this prayer. Everybody is praying. You see, prayer is a very normal response to a living God. It's a very, because this is not about a religion. This is about a relationship. Your God wants to talk, and he wants to talk with you and just in a real intimate way, as a matter of fact, this morning, I just had a, a conversation with God myself. I went on a walk with God. And man, we just had the greatest conversation, just me pouring my heart out to God. And I'm telling you, that song that we sang, a big part of my prayer time was, oh, oh my God, my God, I need you. I need you today. Understand God's greatest desire is to connect with you in every day in a life-giving relationship. Now, here's the problem. The problem is one of our biggest hindrances to prayer is that people just do not know how to pray. We do not know how to pray, and, uh, and we just, either that, we don't know what to say. So I'm gonna talk to you this morning just briefly on how to pray. The same conversation that I'm about to share with you is the exact same conversation I had with God this morning. This is in Matthew 6, 19 through 13. Jesus quotes to us the Lord's Prayer. How many of you have memorized the Lord's Prayer? Memorize it when you're a kid, okay? We could all say it together. I'm not gonna take the time to do that. But I want you to understand this about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not a quote or a prayer 
that you continually say over and over and over again. If I say it 100 times, that will make God happy. But if I say it 150 times, that will really make him happy. No, 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 no. Get that out of your mind. It's not a quote that we give, but it is a guide on how to pray. Okay, I really want you to look at it. It's just change your mindset here. It's a guide. It's a template for how to pray because Jesus says this. He says, this is how you should pray. So in other words, there's an expectation for believers for us to pray, for us to have daily connection with God. And so here, let, let me walk you through this guide, if I will, okay? First of all, that when I get up and I have my time with God, I have a time of worship. In verse nine, Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So when I'm, I get up and I'm praying and I'm talking to God, it's good for us to put ourselves in a right perspective on who God is and who I am not. That's why we start off our services, we start off with worship. Have you, how many of you have noticed that worship just kind of changes the mindset, changes the spirit, it, it changes, you notice it in the room, but you notice it more in your heart. And so that's what it does. My father, my fa- I, I, st- I wanna stick with that point here for a second. My father communicates the relationship that he wants to have with you. He wants to have a father-child relationship. And some of you are here today and you did not have that growing up. And I understand that. And that's very painful. But I want you to, I just want you to know right now you have a loving father who loves you and cares about you and wants to have relationship with you. And so my father, I go on a walk with my father just about every single day. But then he talks about hallowed be your name. And then it reminds me that he is God and I am not. He is God and he is not. And I need to put that into perspective. And I start talking about, I start giving him praise. If you don't know how to praise God, just start praising him for who he is. Can, can we do, do an experiment right now? Just, just quickly. Just, just call out, who is God? One word, who is God? Father. Yell, just yell it out real loud. Father, who else is he? What else, is, what else has he done? He's creator, provider, provider. Healer. healer. What is it? Savior, Savior. Lord, Almighty, Almighty. Abba. Abba. He has all these things. And so when I'm, when I'm walking and talking with God, I just, God, thank you. And what it does is it just fills my heart and it just reminds me who he is and who I'm not. And it reminds me who I'm talking to, that I'm talking to, to mighty God. And so I acknowledge him for who he is. So my fa- our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then I pray God's will. Then I pray this part where your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what this is? This is right now I'm transitioning to I'm surrendering my will. Now, God, I got this big list of things I wanna go over with you, but before I get into my list, I want you to know in all of these things, in all of my ways, I want your will to be done in my life. And so I'm gonna surrender my will so that your will would be done. So what I'm doing now is I'm humbling myself even more. I've humbled myself in worship, but I'm humbling my heart even more. And I'm saying, God, your will be done. You see, because I have a will. 
I have a desire of how I want things to go, right? Each and every one of you, you, you got this vision. And don't you get frustrated sometimes when God just doesn't work with your vision? Well, maybe the problem is your vision and God's vision are not in alignment. And what if we start praying, God, your will be done? But, I, but all of a sudden, I begin to pray, God, your will be done in things that I cannot control. God, you can, your will be done in that situation in Africa, your situation that's happening all around the world. I pray your will be done. I pray your will be done in our government. Oh, Lord, let your will be done. I start, Lord, in uh, those things that I cannot control, relationships, family, in my, in my marriage. If you're here today, I want you to know God's got a plan for your marriage. And God's got a will. And his desire is that, I just want you to know your marriage is not over until it's over. Just to let you know, in our our next sermon series, starting in February, I'm gonna do a sermon series on marriage and relationships called Ever After, because everybody wants a relationship. Everybody wants that ever after in their relationships. So the, the the next part of my prayer time is I'm asking God. It says here, Jesus says, say, give us today our daily bread. This is my, this is my favorite. I remember when I was a kid and I'd pray this prayer and, and this was a big thing back in the day and I used to pray, God, give us, Lord, our jelly bread. Man, I don't know what jelly bread has to do with it, but I love a God who likes jelly bread. Give me, Lord, my jelly bread. How many of you need some jelly bread in your life? <laughs> jelly bread, give me, Lord, some jelly bread. Listen to me. Please, I go back to remind you who you're talking to. You're talking to a loving God who is all-powerful God. And you know what that means? That when we go to God and we ask about that jelly bread, he, he's a, he gives big. He's a big provider. And we can go to him for those big needs. And, and this is what it says here in Ephesians 3.20, not in your notes. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Everybody say more. more. He can do way more than you could think or even imagine. That's the God you serve. And that's the God who invites you to come and ask. So what's going on in your heart? What's going on in your life? What's that big thing that just seems beyond out of control? Like, I don't even want to ask God. I don't want to bother him. No, 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 no. He wants you to. Go ahead and give it to him. Tell God what you need. Do you need healing? Do you need help in your finances? Do you need wisdom? Do you need direction? Do you need provision? Ask God. It's okay to ask God. But here's the deal. He already knows what you need. Some people are like, if he already knows what I need, what do I need to ask him for? Because he, just like a loving father, he wants you to put your trust and your faith and confidence in him. And when we go to him with these needs, like, God, I know you're, you're, you're almighty, powerful God. You are a father. And I know you got this situation. I know you know all, around, all about it, but I come to you and I'm trusting and I'm asking you to work in this situation. The next part where God wants us to talk about forgiveness and grace. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also for, have forgiven our debtors. Now that word forgive means to cancel the debt. Whatever you owe. Just, just imagine right now if you got home, you went home today and the, the, the bank, the president of the bank came to your house and said, hey, congratulations, this is your mortgage. 
your mortgage has been forgiven. How many of you would say hallelujah? Okay, hallelujah, right? That's what it means to be, your, your debt is canceled. That most means to be forgiven. Listen to me, listen to me. Of all these things that we're talking about, your biggest need is your forgiveness. You need to be forgiven. You need God to forgive you. That's what the cross is all about. Every time you look at the cross, I want you to think of the word forgiveness. Forgiveness. And so what Jesus just talks about here, just as we expect him to forgive us because of what he did for on the cross, he's like, oh, by the way. Everybody say, oh, by the way. Don't forget about those people you need to forgive. Now that's what I need to pray about. (laughs) Oh, by the way, don't forget about that. I think right here is one of the biggest strongholds that Christians deal with. My observation as being a pastor is that that issue of unforgiveness in their lives. I'm gonna tell you this. I had a huge spiritual breakthrough at age 20 when I finally came to recognition with somebody who had wounded me in my life and I chose to forgive, I chose to cancel the debt, I canceled the debt that was owed to me. Listen to what Jesus says here at the end of the Lord's Prayer. It's one of those, oh, by the way, moments, okay? It's kind of like, oh, by the way, don't forget this part. Jesus says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you forgive God forgives. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your father will not forgive your sin. I just really want us to grasp that. If, let me say that one more time. If you do not forgive others, how can you expect God to forgive you? I, that, that is just so, so crucial. Maybe you are stuck in your situation. Are there a stronghold in your life? Is because you've not forgiven. Maybe you're just like, I, I'm, I'm saved and I've got God in my life, but I'm just so crabby all the time. And I'm just, where is the joy? Where's the peace? I, I ask, when, I, when people come and talk to me in my office about these things, is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? And I challenge you in your prayer time as you're pursuing God every day, begin to say, God, is there anybody that I need to forgive? Is there anybody? Or or maybe you need to pray, God, forgive, help me to forgive the person who's going to offend me today. Sometimes we need to pray in that direction. Let me continue on here. We need to pray for spiritual leadership. Verse 13 Jesus says, and pray, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The word Lord, that we talk about, somebody mentioned Lord. Lord equals leadership. He is my Lord, so I want him to lead me. The word leadership, what that really means is influence. So I have noticed when I'm away from God and I'm not daily connecting with him like I should, I begin to notice that there's an influence from the world that begins to invade my mind, my thoughts, my heart. Have you ever noticed that? When you get, maybe you haven't been to church in a couple weeks or you haven't been in your word, you haven't been praying. It just seems like I'm just being influenced by something I don't like that's influenced. But now when I put myself in position for God to influence me, 
he begins to do a work in me and through me. And then I pray, God, help me because all of us are tempted by something. And Lord, help lead me away from that temptation. Or God, when I run into that temptation and it's there, make it just abundantly aware. Let all of the alarms go off. Get out, get out, get away, get away. God, just make it loud and clear in my life. And so they devoted themselves to prayer. And what I've just given you this morning is a guideline on how to pray. These, everything that I just talked about this morning, these are the things that God would love to talk to you about. Second of all, they devoted themselves to God's word, God's word. This is my life application Bible that I received when I became an ordained pastor of the Assemblies of God. I and I have a lot of underlined, a lot of notes and stuff. And how many of you got one of these Bibles that, that are just like that? I cherish this Bible, okay? And, and it's so it says that they devoted themselves to God's word. And I want to talk to you quickly here, briefly, give you some pointers on how you can read, how, I don't want to say, I want to say read, I want how you can study God's word. And the first thing that you need to do is you need to accept, everybody say accept, if, if you don't get past this part, the rest is just, uh, just ignore me. But you need to accept the Bible for what it is. Listen to what Timothy says here. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed, and it's useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Let me just put a pause here a second for How many of you have seen the the movie, and they play it all the time. I love the movie. I get hooked into it. The movie Castaway by Tom Hanks. Okay, I I get hooked. I get hooked at it. Like, I just, it's it's such a, they did, did such a great job. Super Bowl 37, I think. They did a commercial. FedEx, or I don't know who did it, but they did an awesome commercial. Remember the premise of the story? Tom Hanks, if you never saw the movie, Tom Hanks, is, he works for FedEx and he's an executive or something. He's flying over the ocean and his plane goes down. Everybody dies except him. And he's, he's stuck on this, uh, this deserted island all by himself for like five years. And one day, early, up, early on in the accident and stuff, and he's figuring out how he's gonna survive on this island, a box from FedEx washes ashore from the plane crash. And he's just like, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna open this one box. I'm not gonna open this box, okay? So, and I think it's kind of like a hope thing, like I'm gonna get off this island and one day deliver this box, okay? So then he's eventually rescued. Again, if you didn't see the movie, he's eventually rescued. And, uh, and here's kind of a video, here's like a funny commercial that they made on the Super Bowl of what he did next. years with this package and I swore that I would deliver it to you because I work for FedEx that's very admirable thank you hey but by the way what's in the package nothing really just a satellite phone GPS locator fishing rod water purifier and some seeds just silly stuff thank you again 
You keep up the good work. <laughs> Isn't that good? Isn't that good? <laughs> Everything you need is in this box. I, 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 everything, you can respond to that because that's the truth. Everything that you're looking for is in this box. Don't live on that island all by yourself and not open the box. This box will change your life. What does it do? It is God's breath. Remember? Remember what he said here? It's God's breath. It's God's way to speak to you. It's instructions for how to have that abundant life. Instructions for how to have eternal life. And it'll help you know the difference between right and wrong. Relationships, marriage, raising children, family, how to handle people you don't like is in here, okay? It convicts us when we're going in the wrong direction. It gives us purpose, it equips us, and so much more, so much more. So, so the first thing, first thing we need to do is we need to accept it for what it is. If you, don't, if you can't get past that point, well then, I don't know what to tell you. But we need to accept it for what it is. The second thing that we do is we need to set things right. What do I mean by that? Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna set things right up and I'm gonna have a daily time in God's word every, every day. So I need to set up the right time. Fill in the blank here, set up the right time. I need to find a time and a day that is consistent for me. So I heard a sermon years ago about this principle called the first fruits. And the first fruits is you give God your first in everything. So I've made it a commitment, the first thing I do besides make my cup of coffee, which don't drink coffee in front of me right now. Because, okay. First thing I do is I get up and I get into God's word. First, first things first. I'm making God first thing first. And so for you, maybe you're not a morning person, whatever it is, but I, I challenge you that you, you set up a time Set up a time that you're gonna connect with God. Second of all, you need to find the right place where you won't be interrupted. And when you are in that place, you need to learn to turn off the noise. Find the right time, the right place. Find the right Bible. There are so many different Bibles out of there. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I typically will preach from the New Living Translation. And my reason for the New Living Translation is because it is the most easiest version to read, but it is consistent. It has passed all the sniff tests, okay? It is consistent. Because I want everybody, wherever they are in their faith journey, to understand the word that is being preached at them. But there's King James Version. I know, Jim, you are a great King James Version, and, and, and that is something you study and is alive for you. There, it is the NIV, the ESV, NLT, whatever version it is, I ask you, I challenge you, find the right version. By the way, we have a new believer's Bible that we give to people who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you ever need one of these, it's a New Testament, I, I wanna give that to you as a gift to help you in your faith journey. You need to find the right reading plan, the right reading plan, because I'm telling you, I, that, that just throwing your Bible up in the air and wherever it lands and then pick it up and read it, ah, man, I'm not a fan of that. I, I know that I'm more consistent when I work a plan, 
all right? And I just challenge you, you figure that out. But I would I challenge you to go to the, there's a website called uversion.com and you can download an app on your phone or you can do uversion. It is the most accessible, but it's got plans and devotionals galore. And it will help you keep track. It will send you reminders that will help you in your faith journey. So you need to set things right. The third thing we need you to do don't just read it, study it. Don't just, don't just like, okay, pastor said I need to read my Bible. What did you just do? You just read a bunch of words. Don't, don't read words, study God's word. Listen to what it says here, Joshua says, study this book of instruction continually. That means make it a part of your life. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it so that you know how to live this life, this faith journey. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So I challenge you, take your time. Set up a time and read it and study it. It's, listen to me, this, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. Make it about quality. And I don't know if some of you don't know this, but we were slowly reading through the book of John in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're just really, I've read it like two or three times. I'm reading this commentary along with it. Just really trying to dig in what is God trying to say. Find a commentary that works for you. I brought a couple commentaries. I currently am using an online version called the Believer's Bible Commentary. And that's what I read uh, alongside of, of my Bible. Here's some other commentaries that I use. What the Bible is all about, a great handbook, a, a great, just to give you great insights. Have you ever read the Bible? I'm like, well, what does that mean? Find a great commentary, adventuring through the Bible, a comprehensive guide to the entire Bible. Find a great commentary that's going to help you as you read the Word. Don't just read it, study it. And then once you've studied it, meditate. Now, I'm not sitting about, I'm not talking about sitting down yoga style and like, um, you know, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But to meditate really means what? To dwell on it. And just, let it sink in. Just, just meditate. God, what are, you, what are you trying to say here? Surround yourself with it. I, I, I know my, my wife, she puts post-it notes. So in the refrigerator or in, in the bathroom, she'll put notes up there. Just let it meditate. Memorize it. Let it become you. The fourth thing I would tell you to do is find the download, Okay. You're, you're, most, most of you have a computer or you get a phone here. Almost all of you, if you have a phone or a computer, you get a download every day. It's called an email, right? And it's a different email every day. And, and so you, you need to ask yourself the question as you're reading this, what is the one thing God is trying to tell me? I love this passage here in 1 Corinthians. It says, but it, but it was... It was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. God's got things he wants to share with you. But you just need to look for it. I ever have a goofy uncle before at a friend's house one time, and we were playing in a sandbox, and he had a goofy uncle. 
And the goofy uncle came out and told us, hey, boys, I put a silver dollar in that sandbox of yours. If you, you dig it up and you find it, it's yours. He walked away. What do you think we did? <laughs> what if we, every day, what if God said to us, I got a silver dollar in there for you? In John chapter seven, I got a silver dollar in there. You go ahead and you find it. And you ask God, God, will you show me where that silver dollar is for me today? Show me that nugget that is for me. Show me my, that download. Show me that download. It's in there. And then when you find that download, your next point is write it down. Write it down. Listen to me. If you, if you really want God's word to stick, get a journal. Get a journal. And, and this is what I do every day. So I, I'll sit down and I'll write out that, that, that nugget, that silver dollar. Just write out that for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That's the nugget for the day. For God so loved the world. And so then I'll write down the thought, well, what is this saying? Well, this says that God loves everybody in the world. Man, that's really hard to believe. And then I'll stop, and then I'll think, what is God saying to me? I feel like God is telling me that he wanted to remind me that he loves me today. And his love is never ending. And it's, 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 it will never fail. And I can have power in God's love. And all of a sudden, these thoughts will start. And I feel like God has given me a download through my mind, through my hand, and onto my journal. And I'm like, oh, my word, where did this come from? Where did this come from? And so I, I challenge you to write it down. Write out the scripture. Write out the meaning. And write out the application. I'm going to continue on here. And then the, the last thing I'll tell you to do is to live it. Just do it. That Nike commercial, the slogan, just do it. Listen to what James says here. But don't just listen or read or study God's word. That's what the Pharisees did. Don't just do that part. You must do what it says. Live it. And that's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Like, okay, God, I put down my journal and I've had my prayer time. God, will you show me, will you convict me how to live this out in my everyday life? The definition of maturity is this. When you begin to do what you know is true. Let this book become you. Quickly here. They devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to God's word. Number three, they devoted themselves to what I call life-giving community. You see, Acts chapter two, it talks about that they would meet regularly in the temple. Now, I don't know if the temple looked like this, but they met together. Big, the big congregation, they all met together. And there was teaching of the word, or I, I'm not exactly, exactly what it looked like, but they all met together but then it says that then they would meet together in each other's homes. They had, you mean to tell me they had life groups back then? Yes. Not everybody would go to someone's home, but they would break up and like, hey, you're in my, my neighborhood. Would you like to come over? And they'd get together and they would have life-giving community. And so I would challenge you in 2023. 
that you would pursue life-giving community. Every Sunday morning, I tell people, I tell our mailman, <laughs> Miguel, every time he comes in, hey, Miguel, I don't know if you know this, but we're, I, I see you every day. I never see you on Sundays. We're open every Sunday, 10 a.m. <laughs> we're open every Sunday. I, I challenge you to make Sunday a time to connect with the body important to you. I challenge you to get into a life group, a life group where you, I'm just hearing testimonies and stories and stories about people groups in this church who are connecting together on a regular basis and life is happening. Life is happening. I challenge you to get into life-giving friendships. And I, I challenge you this, don't just wait for that relationship to come to you. You pursue it. You pursue that life-giving relationship. And as a result of their devotion to God, through seeking God's word, through prayer, life-giving community, they impacted each other, their community, and their world. Listen, listen, I'm almost finished here. Verse 47, this is at the end, talking about their impact. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those people who were being saved. Life change. Impact. But it started from the inside out. God, before God wants to do a, listen to me, before God wants to do, a, before God does a great work through you, God wants to do a great work in you. Let me say it one more time. Before God does a great work through you, he wants to do a great work in you. Through God's word, through prayer, and life-giving community. Thank you, God. So I want to challenge you. If you want to grow, we're at the beginning of 2023. You're like, okay, this is the year for growth. I challenge you. Seek God. I've just given you the steps. I've given you the conversation of what to talk to God about. I'm going to challenge you to seek God in his word. I've given you the steps. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. I challenge you to get into a life-giving community. We are open every Sunday. We have life groups galore. Check out our website. We have people here every Sunday that you have the ability to connect with. I challenge you. Let's be a church of impact, but let it start from the inside out. And, amen. Can I just pray for the church right now? In Jesus' name. Lord, this, this word changed my heart as a teenager. And I pray that you would put this word on each and every person's heart in this room. Those who are watching online, I pray that you would just speak to them about this application. That you would convict us. You would challenge us. You would stir us about this application. And as we connect with you every day, Oh, my word, our faith just comes alive. Make us a church of impact. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that today, it's as easy as this. Just pray with me wherever you're at. Just say, God, I need you. Those who are watching online, God, I need you. I invite you to come into my life today. Forgive me of my sins. Transform me into the person I'm called to be. I commit today 
to follow you, to be that person of impact you call me to be. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. God's word said that if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, all of heaven is rejoicing. Can we rejoice with heaven right now? Give God praise.